0: Ladies and gentlemen, we're back. Since he brewcast, first and foremost, I have to apologize for not having a show last week because it's been crazy. If you guys have been listening, you know that we're doing a really big live show down at Braxton on the 5th, and my life has been consumed with running from brewery to brewery and gathering things and talking to people and trying to get it all set up. So I'm sorry for last week, but hopefully this makes it up for it. Um, this is posting on Halloween, so it looks like I'm working really hard on a holiday, but I'm not. Uh, we are on location at Madtree in the Barrel Warehouse. Uh, let's kind of go around the table so people can hear your voice, know who is who, um, and then we'll kind of dig into what exactly we're, we're doing here. Let's start to my right with Simon.
1: Hi there. Uh, Simon Kretschik. I'm the uh, Barrel Program Manager here and uh, brewer here. I've uh, been working at Madtree for just over three years now.
2: Uh, Mike Stewart, I am officially the hype man of MadTree. Also, former editor of the best
3: beer blog in Cincinnati. Second up. best. <laughs> 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 and uh, Adam Lane, sales director here at MadTree.
0: Wonderful. So, we're here to talk about barrel-aged beer. This is the Barrel-Aged Brewcast, which is kind of crazy to me that we haven't thought to do this show. And uh, when I when I talked to Mike about doing a show out here, he's like, "Well, why don't we?" You know, why don't we do something with the barrels, you know, and why the timing worked out so brilliantly. We'll talk about again here um, a little bit later as far as what's coming in the in the very near future when you're listening to this Um, barrel aged beer. You know, Madtree, when you guys started up, it was, you know, it was about the cans and it was this really big, exciting thing to have cans and craft beer in Ohio. And it was really cool. And then. All of a sudden, the first uh, trunk series came out with Access Monday, and all of a sudden, bottles—they're releasing bottles. This is the coolest <laughs> thing ever, and you know, it's kind of taken on its whole life here. You know, it's um, a pretty extensive barrel program. I mean, obviously, we don't have Periscope running, so you guys can't see that we're sitting, you know, in front of this this big wall of barrels. But um, kind of tell me a little bit about that—that—that that, um, that jump into this other side of beer. You know, it's—it's it's not about quote unquote fresh and, and soon and, and things like that. It's about time and it's about some of those other uh, those other little nuances that, that a lot of beer drinkers well, I guess you can't say a lot of beer drinkers anymore, but traditionally beer <laughs> drinkers don't don't think about. so can kind of tell me a little bit about that you know why why barrel aged beer? you know how did that kind of come around?
1: Yeah um, <clears throat> well the it's certainly kind of becoming a trend now uh, with bourbon barrel aging beers especially. Uh, in our area, being so close to Kentucky, and barrels are so readily available. Um, way back when Tree started, um, it was just kind of an afterthought. Way back. Well, <laughs> way back, oh, years ago. <laughs> um, yeah, we had um, some Access Monday, uh, made a little bit more of it than planned, and there were some barrels sitting around, and it was just almost, I don't want to say like a goof, but just, you know, two plus two let's let's just throw it in there and see what happens and you know some turned out all right uh the feedback from it was huge you know mad doing barrel aging now it's obviously um i don't want to say a hyped up kind of category barrel aging but it 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 um it's scrutinized more it's appreciated more i,
0: I certainly <laughs> think it can be hyped up you know yeah, if, absolutely. You, if you throw
1: barrel aged in front of
0: yeah. any but anything the you price know, tag it, alone is gonna right <laughs> go but, what I appreciate just is is that it does take that other side of beer yeah. you know it's especially with how popular IPAs are and everyone, oh you know, it has to be fresh it has to be you know this kind of takes that and flips it on the other end and says, well, you know beer isn't necessarily just about that how fresh and 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 how, how close you are to your brewery and yeah. that you can get it sooner and it, it's it's about time it's about the letting the barrel kind of work its magic on yeah. it and kind of taking I don't want to say you know, Taking the human side out of it, but it, it, it brings that almost that magic back it is, into yeah. beer and, and letting the,
1: the human side is really just monitoring the progress, Babysitting. And, <laughs> yep, yep. <laughs> Trying to take uh, every um, preventative step to make sure nothing goes wrong and only the best barrels go for. That's that's the human part of it, right? So, you know what
0: what what makes it so special to you personally? You know, like what as, as a barrel aged beer versus you know something else?
1: Um. I'll take um, like Access Money as an example. It's um, a phenomenal beer, you know, on its own. Uh, it's a staple of Mad Tree, and just aging it, um, we do pretty long of an age at Mad Tree. A lot of the beers are eight months to I think a year and a half is maybe the longest we've done. Um, we do a lot of blending, and just seeing from three months, six months, nine months to a year, how different that beer has become. Um, it just it bodies up a lot of more chocolate in the beer recipe itself comes out. Um, some of the harsh roastiness dies down a little bit, and then of course adding those what feel like more organic flavors from the wood, oak, vanilla. It just it as a cliche term elevates the beer a lot more than its you know its predecessor, the standard beer, which is right. it's great on its own, but it you know it, it makes it something a little special. It's it's a bit of a romantic process when you see you know just a warehouse full of oak barrels it reminds you of just hundreds of years ago when you know beer was aged um, fermented transported in barrels like you know, it, it's a, it's a it's a practice that hasn't changed too much now we have laboratories to help make sure the beer is at the best quality you can get in right. it but the process itself is just the same
0: well and that's you know it you know again it just it it, it takes the science out of the being in your face and and really like takes it back to what what beer is you know that that magic of fermentation and the magic of of, of that oak you know playing with it and things like that it's it, it i don't know it's it's really fun to me just because of that other side yeah regardless of what the beer tastes like you know it's it's always fun i don't know it, um it, june is one yeah. that, that gets me because you know you take a kolsch and <laughs> it's not the most exciting beer all Absolutely. the time <laughs> <laughs> all the time sometimes it is yeah but and just a little bit of, of flavors in there with the, the ginger and things like that. But then the barrel is really yeah. where that it takes that beer and just turns it into something completely different. And it's um, That's one that I think uh, kind of got me really thinking about barrel aging a little differently, and it's not about having this huge bourbon flavor yeah, that smacks it, you in the it's, face. it's
1: very different than just you would think traditionally um, uh, stout or um, maybe a robust porter, a barley wine in a bourbon barrel, just uh, huge cacophony of heavy flavors hitting you as we're taking yeah, june it's a low alcohol it's a much more volatile beer that's going to sit in the barrel um and just that we use specifically these watershed gin bourbon barrels um you know we've tried doing we've done lift in the past in bourbon barrels and it's it's a good product absolutely but it doesn't the gin barrel is what makes that beer and then ginger adds that nice fruity spiciness too. juniper berries just really punch that gin flavor home it's yeah it's, it's something that um really can't replicate in any other type of barrel. So that that kind of takes the side of going away from the traditional realm of barrel aging and show that you can kind of experiment with your barrel too a little bit. So
0: talking about, you know, experimenting with barrels and things like that. Like how how does that whole process kind of come about when is it, you know, we're talking about with Axis money from the beginning where it's like, "Oh, we've got these barrels. Let's just yeah. put it in there and see what happens." Or is there a bigger thought process with a beer, you know, creating a beer from scratch and say, "We want this in a barrel." Yeah. So now how do we create something that is going to go with this barrel or this barrel or whatever it is? Like, how does that how does that process come about for you guys here?
1: Well, we still kind of stick um, with our heavier beers with the traditional idea of heavy beers go in bourbon barrels. And what we've really pushed for now is the freshness of the barrel. Um, you know, when we started out, it was just kind of we got these bourbon barrels. We don't know where they came from, how old they are, but they're sitting here. Let's throw beer in it. And it, you know, the beer is going to age on its own and, and turn um but now it's all about getting fresh barrels um we have our uh, a barrel committee here made up of six people from different departments um all who are involved in our sensory department here and we've noticed like clear differences in fresh barrels that are empty you know within a week uh, which we've been fortunate enough to get sometimes to the ones that have been sitting around for a few months so on that side of the like traditional aging we're just really focused on getting fresh barrels uh, and take good precautions to clean them. Um, we started using uh, steam uh, as our sanitation method rather than uh, hot water pasteurized, just because we were losing a ton of flavor for, by doing that. Um, sensory panel, we picked up on that almost immediately, pasteurized, unpasteurized. Um, when it gets to experimenting, um, a lot of times we do, we do a lot of one-off beers at Madtree. Uh, a lot of guest brewers, and that's usually something they always bring up is, I want to barrel age this, you know, no matter what the style, and we'll we'll, we'll abide <laughs> by it. Um, but sometimes, just you know, a, a thin bodied amber in a barrel on its own, um, it's not going to turn out that well. So, um, and unfortunately, a lot of these guest brewers are chefs, so they have just this great um, database in their head of ingredients they're going to go along with it. So we never shy away from throwing some pretty funky ingredients right in the barrel with it, or um, Maybe doing some bright tank additions of fruit, um, and then what we've been focusing on pretty heavily now in the past year is the funk series, um, which is our sour barrel aging program. Because we don't, um, we can't really fit in time in our airtight production schedule to do kettle sour. So all right. of our sourings we do uh, on the barrel side. Um, that we try and get as much feedback. So from- you 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 sour in barrels because it's
0: easier for you guys? Uh, time, it's a time constraint. That's, yeah. I think, I think a lot of people would laugh at that. Because. Yeah, uh,
1: it is because, I mean, what, a lot of us get a little frustrated because we do want to really knock out kettle sours. We've only done one true kettle sour here and it's that you know, we got to keep making the right. core beers non-stop around the clock to pay for. So I can uh, I can assume <laughs> yep. that at 2.0 that'll exactly. shift a little bit. We might see some yeah. kind of a
0: house sour that's always yeah. on. We're going like to have that. a smaller
1: system. We'll have our smaller system there, um, which will be dedicated for kind of just having fun. On. Right. Yeah, so it's got to make the IPA now around the clock in the brew house to pay for the privilege of right. kettle souring.
0: You know, you, you know we always <laughs> hear the stories as breweries go. You know, you look at uh, New Belgium and they have, you know, their original system only makes fat tire. now. Yep. You know, things like that where it just becomes those those core beers do take up a lot of time and resources and stuff. But, uh, so as far as barely stuff that you guys have done, you know, I know it's, it's hard to pick a favorite. Is there anything that kind of stands out to you that you particularly, you know, it's are, are proud of that came out of here?
1: Um, I, I'll start with favorite coffee, vanilla access, a uh, huge coffee fan. Obviously Everyone, everyone's got a beer here. Got my <laughs>
2: afternoon coffee. <laughs> um,
1: I'm really impressed with how uh, our latest release of Yield Battering Ram uh turned out. Um that's a beer that was almost, you know, uh one of our old brewers came up with that recipe and it was pretty much designed to be aged. It's it's a very um not harsh but aggressive barley wine on its own and just aging it turns down that heat a lot and just lets a lot of that molasses and and almost like meaty smokiness and chocolate come out of that beer, and just adding the bourbon character to it, It, it we were all really impressed with it. And a uh, uh, big nod to that was, uh, again, freshness of barrels. We got some from uh, Remus, and I think they were maybe dumped four days or five days before we filled them up, and it was just a night and day difference between some of our older barrels and just that freshness. And, and that.
0: people can still find that on the shelves. Absolutely, yeah. I've seen some of it. That- the Jungle
1: was, Gems just, just the other day. That so. was probably our largest uh, Trunk Series release. I want to mm. say 36 beer barrels uh, went into the <laughs> Bright Tank on that. A good amount got kicked up, and uh, probably our largest bottling <gasps> run, too, on that. I think everyone was pretty impressed with how that beer turned out. So, favorites, Mike, Adam,
2: uh, barrel-age stuff. Yeah, and, and for, for me, it's probably a real close <laughs> race between uh, Coffee vanilla Axis and then uh, Are You Ready for Some Darkness? Yeah. Uh, that was an awesome beer uh, last, you know, uh, I guess Thanksgiving is where Black Friday is when we released that.
0: That was one where when I finally cracked my bottle, like I was, I almost was really sad. It was <laughs> delicious oh, yeah. and it was wonderful. But like, man, if I, was I just, a if I just let yeah. this sit a little longer, what would it taste like? You know, it just, it was, it yeah, was a great you beer. You kick yourself for not
2: buying like buy more after you had tasted well,
0: it. Somebody put some limits on it and I couldn't buy yeah. five more.
3: <laughs> Good. Mine definitely is June. Yeah. Um, yeah. You know, it, it just stands out. It's it's such a unique beer. The, the gin barrels um, juniper ginger flavor in there, uh, locally sourced by the way. Um, yep. but it's just one of those ones that is so unique. Uh, I think it really kind of takes barrel aging and and, w- and what that could be from a traditional sense of bourbon barrels and, and really elevates it, open up a lot of people's eyes for, uh, for what could be. Mm-hmm.
0: So, um, I take, let's take a quick break. Uh, I kind of want to know some of that other fun stuff, you know, some of the barrels, you know, like I said, bourbon barrels are almost a dime a dozen with beers. I mean, you The the, the gin bourbon and you know I see some really other cool barrels sitting around so we'll we'll talk about that in a second let's take a quick break Cincy Brewcast the voice of Cincy Craft.
4: Hi Mike Sisneros here with a word about brewhouse dog bones. By now, craft beer fans all over Cincinnati know the distinctive brown paper sack with a big red bone. You've seen it in great breweries like Mount Carmel, Listerman's, Rheingeist, 8 Ball, Braxton, and more. At just five bucks a bag, you know you can't find a more healthful or delicious treat for your best friend, made from spent brewery grains, organic eggs, peanut butter, and brown rice flour. But did you know that Brewhouse Dog Bones is an educational program for developmentally disabled teens and young adults? It's available through the New Richmond Cincinnati Public, Fort Thomas public sycamore oak hills and many more school districts across southwest ohio and northern kentucky for more information on where to find brew house dog bones or how to get your developmentally disabled loved one or your school district involved in the brew house dog bones program contact lisa graham at area code 513-520-0310 or visit www.brewhousedogbones.com give your dog the craft experience with brew house dog bones I look at I look at the Bud Light drinkers out there as a you know a forestery harvester. They're all out there and, and they don't know any better yet, but they will. You don't you don't ever hear somebody say, Yeah, I used to drink that craft beer and crap. But I, <laughs> I went back to my Bud Light.
3: You don't hear that, do you? No, you don't.
0: You are listening to Cincy Breakfast, The voice of Cincy
4: Craft. Hi, fans. I'm going to tell you about the new apparel supplier to Sinson Brewcast, Pastura Screenprint. Mario Pastura has built his family business with the craft beer movement in mind. They've done custom items for Old Firehouse, Listerman, and many more. Screen printing to embroidery, Pastura Screenprint has the answers for your custom apparel and marketing needs. Contact Mario or any of the pros at Pastura Screenprint at 513-550-2271. By email at PASTURA.Screenprint at gmail.com and coming soon at www.PasturaScreenprint.com. The craft of custom apparel is Pastura Screenprint. Hello there. You're listening to Cincy Broadcast, the voice of the Craft.
0: We're back, Sensi Brewcast, the voice of Craft. We are on location. I, I always, I never know if I should call it live on location. We're not really live. There's nobody here like watching us, but um, I'm definitely here. I'm definitely live, and I'm definitely um, loving this environment. Like you just being here. I, I want to build a studio that just has barrels on all the walls so that I always feel like I'm sitting in the middle of a warehouse like this. So, and we kind of. You know, during the break kind of talked about this a little bit about some other fun barrels that are here, not just bourbon. Um, what other kind of things do you have going on? What other the things? Uh, do you have beer sitting in or are you putting <laughs> beer in that? Uh,
1: yeah. Um, obviously bourbon, uh, the gin barrels. And then um, uh, we were, we were just talking the other night. We we're thinking about everything we've put beer in. And I think still currently we got um, sherry, red wine, white wine, tequila, rum, uh, Rye and Scotch. Right now, we've got beer in, and
0: and the sherry is these big giants. Those are the, yep. The you you sherry, can call them. sherry butts. They're, they're is that called what they're butts. Calling?
1: You can call them butts. It's all right. Yep. <laughs> that never. Uh, uh, I'm trying to think of to get a thinking laugh of a everyone. good
0: <laughs> big butt joke that hasn't been already made a hundred times. But, um, I mean. You guys have a lot of barrels here. Yeah. How much bigger does this get when you go to 2.0? How much is there? Is Does the focus shift more to barrels? Does it kind of stay in the same kind of um, uh, percentage of what focus you have now just since you're getting bigger? It it naturally becomes bigger.
1: Uh, A little bit of both. Right now it's probably maybe just under 1% of the beer we make um, gets shifted over to the barrel program. Starting out at 2.0, it's probably going to be uh, around 1% for the first year. Um, ideally, we talk, and it, it's an aggressive number. We talked probably two to two and a half percent of our yearly production will go. But this is also, um, I mean, our, our production overall is going to go from you know over 20,000 barrels to I, th- I think the number was 58 or something yeah, in our in our first year. So yep. even though the percentage stays the same, it's going to be a, a hefty increase. But the the idea is, you know, with some of these smaller runs we've done in the past, like Are You Ready for the Darkness, um, which was just, I think that was tap, it had to have been tap room only, and it was, it was a lineup, get yours, and it's out. Yeah. Um, like these 25 barrels here that are uh, staged, those are all going to be Are You Ready for the Darkness? So the idea is those smaller releases we've done in the past, do them again and make them readily available, hit distribution with them, and ideally with 2.0 have some maybe two or three barrel-aged beers just always available in bottles or on draft. So you can really try the whole portfolio of Matt Tree from, you know, obviously we knock out a lot of um, hoppy beers, uh, a lot of one-offs with really funky ingredients, and it'd be nice to just always have some barreled stuff on tap too. Is there a fear that
0: that kind of takes away some some other side of it, of that, you know, I hate saying that the rarity of the beer adds value to it, but is there a fear that if Access Monday is always for sale in bottles that it's not as special anymore is that
1: yeah it, it's it definitely especially with uh, the first lease of coffee vanilla access we did we were really impressed with the uh, the turnout that showed up for that um, making it yeah you lose the exclusivity of it um, so the focus would just be on you know some of the maybe secondary beers that will have the smaller runs I would yeah. say
3: though that there's there's tons of pent up demand that we're, we're just not able to satisfy even here locally in, in, in our market where we're distributed now, as we grow and, and expand territory um, to you know to, to match the production that we've got and the demand we've got in the area, you know, um, we, uh, even by doubling the production of some of these rare you know r- uh, rare beers that we're producing, it, it's going to get gobbled up by the market pretty quickly. So, right. you know, to to think that things will just be sitting around on shelves yeah. <laughs> probably isn't necessarily um, accurate. Yeah. And, I, and
2: I'll just kind of add, to that imagery's never been about trying to be the most hard-to-find beer. We actually have to be very accessible, and we want people to be able to get it and enjoy it and not have to wait in line 18 hours for it and go through all the kind of shenanigans you hear about out
0: there. Right, and that's, you know, you hear a lot of people complain when there's a bottle release on a oh, yeah. Wednesday during yeah. the day or whatever it is. <laughs> and to me, it's not even... And with most of the releases, this is proof true. You know, you talk about, are you ready for the darkness? It was a little different, but it's like, most of the time you could still come after work and there were still bottles yeah. available it, it becomes more about like just this other event like if this is your kind of thing if you like to hang out and stand in line and talk with <laughs> the other beer geeks and do that whole thing you can you don't have to though and i think that that's important for people to kind of understand that it's just because of beer is being released at noon doesn't mean you have to be here at noon <laughs> <laughs> And especially you know once you guys go to 2.0 i'm sure there's still gonna be bottle release days i'm sure there's still gonna oh, yeah, be fun yeah. events that are around yeah. that that doesn't mean that if that's not your your thing that you have to you know i always kind of um compare th- to listerman the way they do the bottle releases there's certainly big events around bottle releases but then two days three days later mm-hmm. i can go to my my local bottle shop and grab a bottle off a shelf so yeah. if you don't want to you don't have to mm-hmm. so you guys are moving up the street. It's not that far, but when I look at all of these barrels and I think about putting them on some kind of a truck <sighs> yeah. and driving them <laughs> up the street, how do you do that? Are you guys terrified about that? Have you, like, are you doing like test drives with empty barrels, trying to figure out how it works? I, I,
3: feel, I think our plan is to drink it all. First.
0: <laughs> yeah, <laughs> do you have to carry these by hand up there, wrapped in bubble wrap? wrap. <laughs> <laughs> like, like,
1: how do you how do you move something like this? somewhere else we you know we thought about um at least definitely the uh, clean beer side of it um trying to get some over there because we do want to fill that room up um kind of get an idea for how um logistics in the barrel area of the new building are going to work uh in the end we think we're probably just going to do a depletion of this so when you say
0: drink it all first that's not (laughs) exactly a
1: joke (laughs) (laughs) and you know really start using the new system uh at the new brewery to I I mean one um batch on that system will fill up. We we could do 30 40 barrels worth. So it'll the new inventory uh 2.0 will build up quick. So and you guys are still going to be here for a little
0: while yeah. um, as that transition happens or who knows what'll happen after that. I love a Mad Tree Functorium but um <laughs> you know it's been trust me, it's yeah. been it's been tossed around the <laughs> idea, so you don't have to necessarily move the is Kind of you know, also kind of a, a thought to put into it. But um, how much how much space is this 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 warehouse here? Is what ten thousand square feet? Is that ish?
1: Probably, probably close. roughly. Yeah, um, I'm pretty sure I've heard that. How much space do you guys have for barrels in the new place? I don't know square footage wise, but I know the capacity that we actually came up with. Um, like absolutely, you know, filling every, every wall, which is also important
0: to notice that this warehouse is not all barrels. It's not all filled. It's
1: um, yeah. (laughs) Um, it was over, uh, 1000 barrels we could stack going, uh, five high, like
0: Indiana Jones style. Yeah,
1: (laughs) (laughs) it would be, yeah, it would be very cramped, but it's, it's doable. Awesome. Um, what other
0: things kind of being able to come into 2.0 and start from scratch on here's, this is our barrel space. We know that that's what this is. What other things have you guys been able to do with that that you couldn't do here, just by the nature of oh, just moving into there's
1: it? it's it, what's great, uh, I'm really excited about 2.0, is just how methodical the barrel um, area is gonna be. Because as you can see in here, this is a warehouse first There's a slop sink in the corner with one floor drain. Uh, That's about it. (laughs) Um, What we're going to be able to do is we're going to pour a concrete pad and be able to move some of our uh, fermenters and bright tanks over here um, into 2.0. So um, beer that's fermented out on the production side could actually be sent over, and it could actually wait in a holding vessel to fill up barrels as we're here, and our production is just so airtight that it, it has to be, like, this is your six-hour window to get barrels filled or emptied. It's got to be now. So you
0: guys are still filling barrels across the oh, yeah. parking lot, driving them across over
1: here. Absolutely.
0: That yep. sounds sketchy. Yeah, <laughs> well, it's, it's yeah. And as as
1: you've seen the parking lot, it's a heavy dip. I think we've only dropped two. We, when we say we, I mean I have only maybe dropped two <laughs> barrels off of four. Hurricane plus. Simon. Yep, Hurricane Simon <laughs> strikes every now and then. Um, but it, it's. It's still, a pr- obviously, this is a huge space, so very thankful for that to work with, but what we have a 2.0. Um, the cleanliness is gonna be of that, of the production side. Um, just a lot more equipment to work with, um, just, and the production schedule, that's the big thing. It's just so tight now that there's not too much room for experimentation, or if we say, you know, we plan this release, but maybe the barrel should sit just a little bit longer. You know, it's not going to be as big a problem at 2.0. Right. We don't have to cater as much to that.
3: We'd also talked about temperature control. We go oh, back? yes, temperature yeah. control. That'll
1: be huge. That is huge, yes. This is a, it's very nice in here right now, but it hits the extreme highs and lows. And uh, un- under those lights, especially when they're five high, you are almost roasting the barrels. And it's it's very noticeable going right down. Uh, the stack, the taste difference from how, the heat. Well, and
0: how does that play into like blending and things like that? You know, you know, did, is it like whiskey where you know the temperature in one barrel changes the whiskey to, to to whatever that flavor may be, and then something else that's been sitting lower in the in the Rick house or whatever is a different flavor profile Absolutely. than the.
1: Yeah, um, like Axis and Yield Battering Ram, they're a little bit. Um, easier to kind of fight off any off flavors that might develop in there, but we still hold them to the same scrutiny that we would do like June, which is much more susceptible to temperature changes. But we run our barrel sensory just like we do our clean beer sensory, um, just blind tasting, take notes, everyone agrees, uh, vote out barrels that we don't think can blend or just if it's something that just, we got to kick out immediately, there's something bad going on with it. So we, um, we pick up on it at least, you know, it's... It's unfortunate, just because of the space. This that um, we're aging in here. You know, there's going to be a failure rate to barrels, um, but we're doing a very good job at trying to pick them up. You know, before any sort of packaging goes on. So let's let's talk about that process mm-hmm. just a little bit. You know, the
0: the 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 flavor side yeah. of it. So you you sit down with like a tasting <sighs> panel and pull samples from x amount of barrels. That and, is exactly. It. And then so the the ones that aren't good is obviously the easy side to pick yep. up that this doesn't work. Yeah. How does then the blending based off of that go? Yep. Do you build, you, do you find one flavor profile you really like and
1: then kind of try to build it with everything or yeah. is it? If it's something like Axis, we'll always have a fresh bottle sitting there so everyone could you know, identify what the brand is um, and which uh, passable barrels meet that brand the best. Uh, we'll start with anyone pick up any off flavors that we've learned about and we're easy to pick up. If there are, they're kicked out immediately. Unfortunately, the barrel's gotta go. Um, once we kind of get to what's passable, um, I'd like everyone to just rate, you know, favorite, least favorite, um, and what which one hits the brand the best. And there obviously those two could be very different because there could be something that's just super roasty that brand. someone just loves, but that's not what Axis Mundi uh, Barrel Barrelers Axis Mundi is. And then just taking all that feedback, um, I'll then revisit it maybe in a couple weeks, invite the same people back, uh, and try and come up with three or four, I think the most we've probably done is six blends based off that data. Um, and also keeping in mind what you know volume's gonna be, which which would then turn which uh, bright tank we can put it in, what kind of bottling run it's gonna be. Um, and then same thing, it's what do you like, which blend do you like the best, and which matches the profile of the beer the most.
0: That's cool stuff. Yeah,
1: it's, it's a lot of fun.
3: <laughs> I would also say though, that, know, that, that to me is the most exciting thing about about the, the barrel aging program here at Madtree is, you know, it really has evolved from just throwing in some leftover beer into <laughs> barrels that we had laying around. To, I mean, it, it, there's a there's a lot of science behind it. You know, um, Simon didn't give himself enough credit, or the or, you know the team enough credit for, you know, what it really takes to get a flavor profile that we're trying to match from earlier releases, um, to well, to, come, to come up to standards. I mean, that's it's what amazing, really, really, like you t-
0: especially you talk about a beer like June that yeah. is that is so. It, it, it's so nuanced and it's like how do you replicate that same flavor when you're talking about a barrel you know
1: mm-hmm. it especially with the temperature in this yeah. building depending on when it's filled and goes over it could be below zero or below zero below freezing or it could be up in the 90s in here and it's it, it changes the flavor profile of it very greatly so blending June is much more difficult
0: it's, it's neat stuff though it's, yeah. and it's the thing that you know when you go and you grab a bottle off the shelf that people don't typically think about with their beer and they don't you know, they don't give enough respect to yeah. kind of that side of things. So it's, I mean, it's with neat June, to kind of see that.
1: With June, it's come down to even how to chop the ginger to put in to try and replicate. As some some say, yeah, mince it. Um, some say we'll get a better extraction if we shave it and leave it just kind of as a root and let the beer pass through it because it's a, it's a very difficult beer to replicate that's
2: fast <laughs> <laughs> and the one thing that that's really cool here that we do is that we have so many people who are trained on sensory so we train everybody who works here on sensory so every month everybody goes through a sensory training so we're fortunate that we have a lot of really well well refined palates, uh, right. so that they're able to help us with these types of things, and that we include everybody. It doesn't matter what your what your role is here. If you, if you can taste beer, then yep. uh, <laughs> we're going to put you to work. on Yeah, you know, tough do job you, some days when you, you have to. Just do you drink have beer.
0: an X marked on the floor where you have to put the June barrels here every year, <laughs> just to, just to not mess with anything? You know, you you hear about some of these, you know. Belgian breweries who have you know the cobwebs hanging oh, because yeah. they're, they're afraid to just mess with anything because they don't yeah. really know what that X factor behind it is. And it's kind of like that on a very scientific um, side, if that yeah. makes sense. It's, it's cool stuff. Yeah, yeah.
1: and that's something at that 2.0 I'm also really excited about is that replication should be a lot easier because of the space um, and the equipment available. As so, we're here, like with um, sour barrels and how difficult it is to allocate... Um, wort and beer time on the production side too, the sour side. Um we don't get to fill sour barrels as they're emptied, which would be ideal. Um so replication on that side's very difficult here. So two point oh that's that's a big key point we're gonna be
0: focused on. You know is that also why we don't see as many sour releases as we do the you know the, the trunk stuff is it's just
1: Yeah that that both the patience and time it takes for the sour beer to finally turn um is one with the first Funk Day release, a lot of that was just our first uh, just dive both feet in into trying a sour beer. A lot of experimentation, um, which we've got a lot of feedback on as to why'd you do it this way? Why'd you do it? It's like it's all experimentation, but we held it to a very high scrutiny level. Um, when tasting, um, we kicked a fair amount of barrels out that we didn't think would meet what we wanted our first sour releases to be. And yes, that is some of those are going to be difficult to replicate Um, from the first release. We are definitely in the process of doing that, but also that's not to say that we don't have probably 10 different um, sour batches on this side. That are, you know, some are going to be available for an upcoming Funk Day release, which we're planning to do. Uh, Some might be ready a year to two years out. Um, So, but, yes, definitely replication from the first series was uh, very difficult. <laughs> it's,
0: it's also one of those things that can make it fun, though, too. Oh, if, yeah. With, you know, it's a barrel. It it does its own thing. You know, showing that in, you know, this vintage might taste a little bit more like this. This one might taste a little bit more like this because it's, it's you know, it's it's yep. not just the barrel. It's the, the microbes that are in there that are working on it yeah. and stuff. So. And
1: even more so yeah. with temperature control in this building with the microbes. Right. Yeah, it's, it's a big difference between when can we pitch any sort of inoculation to no, we have to wait three months for the weather to break because it's just <laughs> going to turn to acetone in the barrel. Right.
0: <laughs> so let's talk about the other side when things go wrong. And you guys have either been fairly lucky so far or just very well planned too yep. and very, very disciplined on stuff that the only thing that's had some major issues and, you know, it's it's – uh, that first batch of Axis Monday, where, yep. and again, like you said, it was experimentation at that point. And um, how do you prevent things like that with a barrel-aged beer? You know, we we see it seems in a very high frequency around town where there are issues. whether yep. they're absolutely.
1: Or but um, well, there's there's no fighting the fact that there is a lot of wild yeast in this building. It's it's been plated. Uh, our labs found pretty good amount. So before beer even goes in, just doing a steam sanitation as much as possible on the barrel immediately before filling, uh, purging any oxygen out, um, just isopropyl everything. Make sure that what you're starting with is at least as sanitized as possible. Um, Anytime sampling again, isopropyl and fire or your best friends are going to kill any bugs on it. Um, Throughout the aging process, once beer is passed again with our sensory panel, that's where. Um, kind of our packaging, um, and lab really have to, um, pull in their focus and, um, you know, lab's going to do their quality control on it, just like we do with our clean beer. Um, a lot with what happened with Axis Monday was just kind of our overall oversight with maybe how we were doing our first bottling run. Um, I want to say cleanliness of anything, but just. How we had a lot of the equipment just sitting over here and maybe didn't give it the full thought of, you know, that was in the warehouse. It needs to be, um, you know, the sanitation has to be double dosed this time on it. Um, since then, we haven't had any problems, but then we do have to let the beer sit here once it's packaged up, and sensory and quality are gonna hold it to the same level of scrutiny that we do with, you know, an IPA that is just canned today and we gotta get it out on the shelves. It's, well, it has to, has to get a full pass from everyone. Um,
0: Barrel aged gnarly brown. Yep. Um, as as we were talking, I remembered that one too. Was that a case where it was sitting over here in bottles, and then sensory caught something that?
2: Yeah. So I mean, that one that one sat over here for a while, and that was kind of one of the early learnings too from Access Money was okay, we can't just knock it out the door next week. Right. We need to give some time to see how's it going to develop in the bottle. Uh, and so so we did that, and gnarly brown sat for a while, uh, and it went through our sensory panel and uh it was real close to going out <laughs> until we all just kind of sat back and stopped and said wait a minute we think the carbonation level is just a little bit too high on this there's nothing wrong with the beer it tastes fantastic there's no infections uh just a little over carbonated so if you do open it up at room temperature it's probably going to spill over and foam over the top yeah. a little bit and we didn't feel comfortable putting a beer out that people might question might. or that you know you end up having a whole bunch of foam you know you paid well 50 for this bottle you don't want a you know a glass full of foam so that's one we decided at the last minute that nope this one's not going to go yeah. out the door we're going to sit on it and we you know it may show up here or there at special events somewhere where we can open it in a controlled environment uh but we didn't want to just put it out there in the wild and have people maybe upset with what they purchase. i mean everybody's putting out a lot of hard-earned money for these releases so it well, needs to hold a high you know, standard
0: I, I i think that if everybody really puts their 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 mind to it and and looks at it. I think people would appreciate that. You know, you yep. hear. It seems like it's the loudest voices that you hear, and it's always the. <laughs> not always the voices that you probably should be hearing, and um, you know, people give breweries shit for stuff, and mm-hmm. you know, put a little bit of thought behind it and understand what the the real reasons are behind it.
1: Yep. Um, it, it wasn't a hastily made decision, either side of the decision. It went on for weeks and weeks, well, and
0: especially with
1: that beer. I can only yeah, imagine yeah, how yeah. heartbreaking was. Yeah, is, exactly. Yeah. Is. I, yeah, it was, uh, yeah. but I think <laughs> every delicious, yes, it's great. Fantastic. The beer. I, I, I you know, I crack them at home and say, like, after 15 minutes of letting it sit and letting that carbonic <laughs> acid die off, it is it's phenomenal. Nice <laughs> yeah. But I think every argument made for either side was made. And in the end, yeah. after that, as long as everyone got their voice heard and their opinions of how it should be poured, what, who, where is it going to pour, I think everyone was comfortable with it's It's not up to our standards for what we want yeah. with our bottled releases. Right,
3: the best thing was the customer was in mind the whole time. Yeah. I mean, it, wasn't, mm-hmm. it wasn't about...
1: We all enjoyed it. Everyone yeah, at the every table time. enjoyed it. But yeah, yep. it's, if you're paying money
0: for this. It's yeah. Salt in the wound. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> let's let's take another quick break and then I want to talk about some of the stuff that's coming up that that um, your wonderful mic here at the table will let you talk about. <laughs> yeah, yeah, that's me. Nice. <laughs> I, I always think it's funny when the when the PR guy, the marketing guy, comes and sits down. He's like, "Oh, he's just watching what people <laughs> say." You know, it, we usually like to get a couple beers from people, and then uh, and then ask them really good questions. But we'll be right back. Cincy Brewcast, the voice of Cincy Craft. <laughs>
4: No, there's no need to be up uptight beer, beer is about having fun. The dream, the dream is definitely the fact that we went from homebrewing in a garage to where we are today, right? That is, that is the dream. Where we go from here, we're going to, we're going to continue to figure out as we grow. Uh, we, uh, and we don't know the answer. I don't know the answer. Can you have more fun <laughs> with your clothes on? I don't think so. <laughs> <laughs>
2: Listen to Cincy Brewcast, the voice of Cincy
0: Craft. Hey everybody, we're brought to you by Brewers Buddy, your best friend in brewing. Brewers Buddy is the latest home brewing system on the market. It's a patent pending gravity fed beer home brewing platform made affordable for anyone who loves the craft of brewing beer. It's versatile, durable, affordable and it's safe. You can follow them at Brewer's Buddy on Twitter, Instagram, Facebook and you can find out more about them at brewersbuddy.com. Make sure you pre-order now at www.brewersbuddy.com. Brewer's Buddy, your best friend in brewing.
1: This is Steve Shaw. This is Eric Bosler. Hi, my name is Gamal
2: Nagy. Hey, y'all. This is Sean Willingham. This is Brett Coleman-Baker. Hi, I'm Scott LaFollette. Hi, this is Evan Rouse. Cellar Dweller Craft Beers. Darkness Brewing. Rivertown Brewing Company. Admissible Brew Works. Urban Artifact Brewing. Blank Slate Brewing. Braxton Brewing Company in Covington, Kentucky. In Cincinnati. In Northside. In
4: Hamilton, Ohio. Bellevue, Kentucky. Mar, Ohio. You're listening to Cincy Brewcast. Cincy Brewcast. And you're listening to Cincy Brewcast. The voice. The voice. The voice of Cincy (laughs) Craft
0: I'm the gnarly gnome. You're listening to Cincy Brewcast, the voice of Cincycraft. Craft. If you, I don't know how you would have just tuned in, but if you just tuned in, um, we are on location at Mad Tree talking barrel-aged beer, and more specifically, I want to talk about what's coming because I've heard some rumors that there might be some coffee vanilla something rather very near in the future. Since if you're listening to this today is at least Halloween, so <laughs> <laughs> we, um, we're you know traveling through time somehow, but. What's coming up? What other stuff is possibly down the pike? Um, You know, give us the scoop.
1: Yeah, well, like you said, yeah, Coffee Vanilla Access uh, round two, at least for bottles, is coming up very soon. Um, We bottled it up, and it's currently sitting to do uh, our full sensory release on. It's passed um, Barrel Committee's sensory release, which is, like, let's put it in the bright tank. Uh, Then it passed just a quick... Uh, Sensory going around a table of coffee and vanilla levels are right, so now it just has to sit. Um, We do um, at least a month sitting in the bottle, make sure everything's clean, ready to go out, but it's a much larger release. Um, I think you're actually sitting right next to it right (laughs) (laughs) now. I don't think those are, oh yeah, those aren't labeled up yet, but that's what you're sitting next to, which is uh, clearly larger than our first release of it. No, that's 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 the big one right now. Yeah, kind
2: of. <laughs> if everything goes as planned with this beer and in response, how we think it will be. Uh, we're we're targeting uh, November third, uh, another Thursday afternoon yeah. release for that, uh, which is also International Stout Day, coincidentally. Oh, nice. And uh, so, we're uh, planning on having a couple of fun Hof Stevens of Axis Bundy, as well as some vintage coffee vanilla, alongside Ooh. some fresh on tap. So. Uh, crossing my fingers everything's gonna go well and you'll want to be at the tap room on Thursday November 3rd
0: so in theory this Thursday I'm sure yes. if if that's the case you guys will probably be reading about it right about now when you are listening to yep. this so um, what else what else do you guys have going on that that might be coming that you know
1: Yep. Um, I don't want to say on the boring side but there is June is now slated for a uh, twice a year release um just we had such good feedback on that beer and awesome. it's awesome though i used to consider it just a summer beer because it is so crisp and effervescent but uh you know we, we we're really enjoying it out in denver at JABF in the cold weather and if
0: you let it warm up too you start getting some more of that that little bit of a a, a whiskey flavor Absolutely. and the, the 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 real gin barrel kind of comes out more and uh, i think it's a neat beer to to pour cold and then sit and, you know, don't share your bottle with somebody. Yeah. Just do it yourself <laughs> and kind of sip on it all night. And it, it really does kind of change and kind of different
1: flavors start coming out. and um, Don't share
0: your bottle, yeah. everybody. <laughs> <laughs> and on
1: the, uh, again, I didn't want to say boring, but on the new side of things, um, you know, obviously with the great feedback we had from doing a funk day um, last year, we plan on doing more of those in the future. Um, some stuff to look forward to on that. Um, Kind of a blended uh, sour uh, imperial stout. Cool. Uh, working on um, our house sours now, which are um, you know maybe like 10 to 15 physical wood barrels worth. But it's something that we're trying to get prepared for MadTree 2.0 to you know double or triple that amount and have that be like these are trees two house sours that you can get all the time, and these are what we use to blend with other sours or even some clean beer. Um, so yeah. on the, the house sour
0: side, you know, getting away from barrels a little bit yeah. um, with this summer, with how popular the Shadodo was, yeah. have you guys kind of thought about that at all with some peaches thrown into to
1: shade or um, we've, you know, we do a lot of fruit um, experimenting, at least in the barrels and kind of with messing around with different fruits. That's kind of where the Hof Stevens program is going with, because maybe we can't really focus on doing whole batches um with right. an experimental fruit but it's something that we test out um you know in a 15 gallon keg and if it if it takes off we do it again and again and that might you know evolve into its own recipe at one something, point something yeah.
0: like dream Sickle, which absolutely yeah i heard absolutely. a rumor that
1: might go into cans someday but lies, <laughs> all,
0: eyes, all eyes. <laughs> yeah, that that exactly started out as just a uh that was Hoff a joke Stevens. too for anybody. I know, I know. It's uh, for anybody that's listening to this. <laughs> yes. If you're not a member of the Greater Cincinnati Craft Beer Shit Show, um, <laughs> it's
1: it's just a joke.
2: <laughs> but maybe, anyway, you know, maybe. the Hoff Stevens is that's how Blood Orange Psychopathy. Oh yeah, Blood out. Orange.
1: That's, that's right. Exactly. Yeah, you know, that just right. started out
2: as kind of let's play around with it until then we turned it into a true recipe yeah. and, and canned it. And obviously, it's been a home run.
0: And that will be the fall seasonal from yeah, now on. Absolutely um, seasonal. So pump can. Um, is it really going away? <laughs> Is it going away somewhat? Is it?
3: I, I, think, I, was gonna say, I, I, I think it's being uh, produced to match customer demand. There you go. <laughs> <laughs> That's it.
0: So you're telling me I'm not drinking enough of it. <laughs> hey, yes. <laughs> we'll be to serve it to in the tap room.
3: <laughs> <laughs>
0: it's, you know, pumpkin beers are one of those things that I love so much, but I drink them for maybe three weeks yeah. and then yep. I'm done with them. And so it's like, and there's a lot out there to choose from. Yes, <laughs> yeah, exactly. There's, it's it's hard because you know you look at how, you know, last year was 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 crazy for pumpkin beer, and I feel like this year you've started to get more people that are kind of branching out with what they do for their their fall seasons. be it something else with pumpkin or some other, you know, Fifty West has been on home sweet home instead of pumpkin beer for so mm-hmm. long, yep. you know, things like that, and I, I you know, people can branch out a little bit and still kind of meet that mm-hmm. that uh, that that pumpkin need that I think some of us have. <laughs> Uh, what do you guys want people to know about mad tree that they don't already know about um you know it's it's so hard because i feel like you guys are so well known here in town that i don't i never know what i need to tell people that they don't know you know n- barrel side non barrel side you know whatever it is what do you want people to know that they don't know
1: i think overall that um that it is a relatively small um group of employees at i believe 49 that there are so many different departments here that everyone puts their effort um, into what is gonna be your finished product, right. um, And really where we're just leaps and bounds uh, ahead of a lot of breweries is with our quality lab. Um, and just, they do a lot of preventative work, but they do a lot more proactive work. Um, what we've been seeing in, in we've been testing um, DO levels in our cans for a long time now. And just when we start to pick up a trend of, Maybe DO's getting a little high in cans. They're so quick to jump on it and say, maybe our oxygen stone is too far from the fermenter on these longer uh, runs of hose. Let's move it, You know, do an inline one closer. Or we need to rethink about how we're filling our bright tanks with CO2. Or maybe we need to turn down the pressure on the canning line um, and just do enough experimentation till you know we find the problem. It's, it's really that if you, I guess I'd say just how methodical every department comes together with Mattree to make the finished product. And if, if there's anything ever you know unsatisfactory about it, we're well aware of it and you know, we're working on it. It's, right. We don't like putting out a product that we're not comfortable with. We have our sensory panel every single day, sign off um, and take a vote on whether or not what's already slated to be uh, hitting our distributors, whether we really want it out the door or not.
2: Right. Yeah, and and I'll say that kind of goes back again with our, our staff being all trained on sensory. That's the really nice thing is we've got, you know, almost 50 people here who go out and drink our beer out in the wild. And if we taste something that's not right, uh, usually within about an hour, our distributor knows about it and says, "All right, we're, we're pulling this keg. Like you know, this is not acceptable, and not something we want to have
0: out there." Well, and you guys are phenomenal too. For anybody that's ever drinking Madri, if you aren't happy with something, if you shoot an email, even if it just might be your taste or something, you shoot it off, and you guys are always really receptive to to listening about stuff and yeah. to to making sure that it's figured out what that is. And um, I think the more that people realize they can do that and have that relationship with their brewer. I mean, this is they, they're making beer for you to get off the shelf. You know, if you're not liking something about what's happening, let them know and then they'll address why yeah. that is. And
2: anytime, shoot an email to feedback at com and it gets seen by a bunch of people, usually almost instantly. And we're on top of it. We want to know if there is something, even if it's just something you perceive to be different, you're not really sure, or something that, you know, this is definitely off or something we want to know so we can investigate
3: and right. uh, take corrective action.
0: Right. Adam, what do you want people to know about Mad Tree that they don't already know. Oh, good. Uh, well, I, I mean, I,
3: th- I think there's definitely a lot, of, a, a lot of room for uh, um, knowledge growth uh, about mm. Mad Tree out, 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 in the community. Still, I mean, there's a there's a hardcore um, group of, of loyalists, and we, believe me, we appreciate that and we love you guys. Um, but you know, the the, the everyday beer drinker, um, come over to the craft side. It's it's a lot of fun. Um, we've got a wide variety of, of products that that meet just about any flavor profile that you're looking for um, from really light to really dark to everything in between Um, and you know take a chance I I guarantee you'll like it if you don't come and have a pint and uh, we'll convince you that uh, that you you will like in the future. <laughs> <laughs> once
0: once you go craft, you don't go back. Is yes. that the saying? Something like that. I don't know. <laughs> I mean, uh, um, Dan Listerman had a really great quote on on our show where you know you don't ever hear somebody say, "Oh yeah, you know, I used to drink that craft beer stuff, and I just went back to my Bud Light, and I'm happy." You know, like it doesn't happen, and there's very good reasons why it doesn't happen. You just have to find a way to make that transition into it. You know, don't jump into Access Monday if you're a Bud Light drinker necessarily. Yeah. Although at the same time, you might do that and it might blow your mind and you might, you know, fall in love with it. So, you know, just don't be afraid to try and don't be afraid to experiment. And you know, especially a place like Mad Tree, we walk in and you know how many taps are there that's, in there. I mean, you know, there's seventeen there's, different
2: beers. Uh, you know, pretty much all the time. There's
0: there's something that's yep. going to at least make you think or probably make you smile a little bit. And there's 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 something here for you. So, um, just drink a lot of beer and try stuff. <laughs> you know. Um, 2.0, before we end the show, you know, where's where's 2.0 at? Um, how are things looking? 2.0 is at
2: 3301 Madison <laughs> Road. <laughs> <laughs> uh, it, it's, it's well underway. Uh, there's a lot of progress being made there. Uh, we do have a mailing list you can sign up for if you want to keep be, uh, keep up with the updates and stuff, or we'll post it on our social media channels as well. There's some
0: really cool construction stuff on the blog, too. Yes. If you get on Madri's website, there's a link to the blog. Yeah.
2: Um, but uh, right now, uh, in the actual production brewery space, uh, the floors are all laid and everything. They're building up, you know, the future hop cooler, the future lab, uh, the cold box, uh, all that kind of stuff is going on, uh, as well as the tap room footers and concrete floors already laid. They got the steel beams going up right now, uh, so really just a ton of progress bringing Take a walk made. by, you yeah. know, like
0: just go go park your car in, in Oakley there and just take a walk down the street and. Um, part of what I love about being a beer blogger is getting forcing myself to see these projects as they're happening and and, and see that that that, that that growth and it's it's really cool a place like 2.0 to see what it was before to where it is now to what it's going to be it's um you can start to see that footprint of it and start to see what it's going to look like so yeah
2: yeah so we're we're still hoping february-ish for a tap room (laughs) opening we'll see how that all plays out ish
0: Ish is always the key with everything um what amazes me is that how fast it is happening and how fast stuff is coming together it's it's almost very different than a new brewery opening up it's like you guys kind of know what you're doing at this point. Yeah, so. I
2: mean, mid-November, we're going to be having equipment delivered on site, which is yeah. really kind of that's, that, that's scary. One that kinda is yeah. There, yeah, is there
0: pictures on the blog of some of the equipment already? Uh, I think I have a little because bit of that on there. Because some, and, and some there of there that stuff is downright scary. I don't yeah, know I mean, if you guys are terrified yeah. yet or not. but uh, uh, From a sales
3: perspective, nope. Yeah. <laughs> 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 we're excited.
0: Well, wonderful. Thank you guys very much for having us out here. Um, once 2.0 is open, we'll come back out and we're going to do a live show from the tap room, and it's going to be amazing, and it's going to be um, probably our biggest show ever. So, <laughs> <laughs> we, you know, we'll be back to do some more stuff with you guys. I cannot thank you enough for for having me out here on a Monday when there's a whole bunch of stuff going on here at the at the tap room. So I know you guys are busy, but anything else you want people to know before we end it?
2: Come visit us. Yeah, yeah. it's thunder snow season. Yeah. <laughs>
0: It is th- I, for the first time ever last year, stashed some thunder snow to age because I've heard some rumors that even in a can, it <laughs> as that spice kind of drops out, it's something pretty different. So um, get yourself some some pumpkin cans while you can. get, get some thunder snow when it pops up and um, access Monday coffee vanilla. Thank you, Cincy Brewcast.